Hello everyone, welcome to episode 32 of Witch Car Weekly. Uh, my name is Scott Newman, I'm Motor Associate Editor, subbing in for the dulcet tones of Daniel Gardner, who has jetted off to attend next week's Frankfurt Motor Show. Uh, while Andy Enright is off uh, driving all manner of cars for a road test, so I'm all that's left. But thankfully I'm not alone. This week I am joined by Wheels staff rider Cameron Kirby. G'day. And Unique Car staff rider making his podcast debut, Alex Affert. Hello. Welcome, fellas. Today we will be discussing a new era of Porsche, a really, really fast bug. But first, first let's talk Nissan GDR. Uh, it is currently 50 years of Nissan GDR. Moda has done a special issue for this, which is kind of why we're bringing it up, but it's a good topic of conversation as well. Um, issue's selling very well, so apparently there's a lot of love for the Nissan GDA out there. Yeah, absolutely. Which is good news. Uh, and, you know, we all work for magazines. Go and buy a magazine. Magazines are great. They're Keep, excellent. Yeah, without a magazine, there's no podcast. And if you like the podcast, go and buy a magazine. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, let's start with... Let's start with Cameron because I'll bring Alex in for in a moment for which uh, for a moment for reasons that will become apparent. Cameron, when did you first become aware of the Nissan GDR? Gran Turismo. Yeah, me too. It's me too. The, it's it's the answer that every number enthous- one, number two, two, number two, two. two. Yeah, I didn't. I, yeah, I started with two. Now you blokes are young and you weren't mm. you weren't there for the original Gran Turismo. I have the original though. Yeah. I found the disc the other week. Wow. Yeah. I need to dig out a PlayStation. Yeah, I have absolutely. a PlayStation One with my original memory card of oh, Gran Turismo valuable. Two. Oh, wow. That's home. coming into the office. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <immediately. laughs> it has. Th- like, Why is this not already here? The know. most unfathomable amount of hours put on it. Like, oh, no. Oh, man. Those 100 lap endurance races. and yeah. The old thing, it takes, what, 10,000 hours to master yep, anything. Master and anything. I think we probably mastered Gran Turismo about four times over <laughs> the teenage years. But, yep. but, yeah, so it started with Gran Turismo and then... Did uh, you just stick a stage four turbo on it? Uh, yes, and then I also found, like, I wasn't a cheat, it was like the hidden HKS drag car. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, and I tried, not understanding that it was a drag car, tried to circuit race with it, <laughs> and it was... <laughs> Didn't turn so good. No, no, no. Weapon in a straight line. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, um, and then following that was, uh, like, all of, like, the, the Hot Fours magazines and all, like, oh, like yes. Speed and mm-hmm. Auto Salon, there was a lot of GTRs in that, and that was... They were still quite rare back in those days. Yeah. Yeah, so... that was still new and they were, they were expensive. hideously expensive yeah. back then. Um, <laughs> they ever not been? What about what about you, Alex? When did you first get the go? Hey, what's that weird Nissan thing? Um, well, it was quite early on. Despite my Japanese enthusiast image, I was actually raised on air cooled Porsches and old M cars from my dad. Oh. Um, so he had an E46 M3 when I was quite young, oh. but he oh. never serviced it at BMW because he was convinced that they were ripoffs. <laughs> so he took it to Japanese tuning shops. Oh, really? And we were there at a place called N1 Distribution, used to be up the road in Clayton, um, and I distinctly remember there being two R32 GTST sedans on a lift, and under it were two R32 GTRs. Wow. And at that age, you sort of still think your dad's Superman, and obviously I thought his car was the fastest thing in the world. (laughs) And then when he told me that those, you know, dorky Japanese things were quicker than his BMW, that sort of blew my mind. Mm -hmm. And then... Yeah, and then, of course, reading magazines growing up, um, becoming very semi-active in the Japanese car scene. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, obviously, that's where the myth was born. So Yeah, absolutely. Same I mean, same here. Gran Turismo, you see all these weird 
which go, we go into in our issue, all these weird things that you don't really know what they are. Nismo 400 R mm, and mm. HKS drag cars and the LM, the can, Pennzoil, yeah, yes. all the JGTC cars. Yep. You can um, what is this magical car that you can put a big turbo on it and it gets 1,200 horsepower? And then you <laughs> then you discover you discover the best motoring DVDs or the high performance mm-hmm. imports DVDs, and suddenly you know you can see them in action, making yep. these amazing noises, doing eight second eight second passes and all sorts of things. So. That's where you really, I think all people sort of got the first uh, first bug in terms of uh, the Nissan GTR. So, the next question is, what's your favourite? If you could have any GTR, we'll start off with what's your favourite generation, and then we'll go into which is your actual favourite car. This is a stressful question. It's <laughs> yeah, a stressful it's a question. loaded question. Uh, Alex, do you know? Should we give Cam some thinking time, or...? I don't even know if I know the answer to oh this. Oh, my God. I, I reckon I'll give it a crack. Okay. Um, I think it's R32. Yeah, okay, It's my yep. favourite generation for me. Godzilla. Mm-hmm. Um, and working for wheels and a link there with, with wheels, naming it Godzilla. Yeah, just a quick, uh, yeah, quick aside, if, in case you didn't know. So it was the July 1989 issue of Wheels, mm-hmm. which first said Godzilla. So it first put Godzilla and the GDR together. So all the references you hear to it came from that. Essentially, it came from, I think, then editor Phil Scott. There was a reference to like a sort of sea monster or something in Japan and it roughly translated, it kind of meant Godzilla. So he's like, I'll go with that. And the name stuck. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is it. But uh, in typical Cam Kirby fashion, I think my favourite one, the one that I would have is the Bathurst winner. The, oh, yes. The Richards mm-hmm. uh, Scaife Put it in the wall. You're yep. a pack of a holes. <laughs> Australian developed race car. Uh, that's it's like the pinnacle for me when it comes yeah. to not only GTR but GTR race cars. I yep. don't think there is a more important, more iconic GTR race car for me mm-hmm. and an Australian as that car. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Alex. Um, yeah. Well, if we're going to in specifics, um, I guess for me it would also be a Super Takuya car um, R32 generation. Um, so it's like the Japanese touring car Essentially, series, yeah. yeah. With all the famous liveries, Kaosonic yep, and... all those iconic Paisan liveries and all sorts and, of things. Yep. Yep. Um, but the R32 generation is particularly special to me. Yes. Well, I'm going to go different. Um, I'm tempted to say the R33 LM. So they Ooh. made one... Mm, yep. They made one road car to homologate the car for Le Mans. Mm-hmm. And it sits in Nissan's the museum. Zonicum, and it's the, yep. it's the sil- you've probably seen a picture of it. It's the silver one with the massive flare guards, which is a bit of an anti-climax because it's standard underneath that car. Yeah. So, although it's rear-wheel drive, but apart from that, it's just a standard 206 <laughs> kilowatt. So it would be a bit anticlimactic, even though if you just look at it and go, wow. Mm. Um, I was lucky enough, super privileged to drive the Mines R34 for that feature. And I think, I've got to say that, that car was... So, it, it, even if it wasn't amazing to drive, and it is, it's so fast. Just the you know the the video of the Japanese racing drivers going, oh my god, this thing is so crazy! It's it's the fastest thing I've ever driven. It's it's such an iconic car. It sounds amazing, drives amazing. So uh, I think I'd go with an R thirty four just to be a bit. Yeah, it has to be said that I sort of rejected the R thirty four hype for a long time mm-hmm. just because how out of control it is. But I did recently get the chance to drive one. Oh yes, uh, in succession, R thirty two, R thirty three, R thirty four. And there is a tangible evolution in terms of like inherent chassis dynamics, um, capability as a track car. Yes. 
I get it now. Which I absolutely get it it's now. It's remarkable because like, uh, you drive a 33 and it feels like a next evolution of a 32, which makes mm. sense because the chassis are kind of similar, same engine, mm. same roughly drivetrain. And the 34 is the same again. Again, it's just, it's just another evolution of the ATESA drivetrain. Mm-hmm. It's still an RB26, but yep. it feels so much different to drive, so much more yep. modern. It feels much closer to a 35 than Absol- it does a, yeah, that than was my, a 33. That was my resounding takeaway. So whatever they changed, <laughs> they changed a lot. Because yeah. the 90, uh, 33 came out in 95, mm-hmm. and 34 was 99. Yep. So there wasn't a lot of time between the two. No, but, there really um, wasn't. Yeah, the R33 didn't live for it. And the R34 is the rarest by quite a long way, actually, mm. as well. So they only made less than 12,000, I think, in total. So um, I think, very rare car. I think the R33 gets a bit of a bad rap it sometimes. Does get, yeah, it does. Yeah, and it's ill-deserved. It yeah. Let's, let's, let's grow out of that, guys. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> it's the only GTR that I've... Or it's actually the first GTR I drove on the street. Mm-hmm. Um, it was my mate had a GTR R33 V-Spec yep. with mm-hmm. the RB26 twin turbo. It's got the diff. And the yeah. most ridiculous anti-lag system. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> like proper, like several foot long flames nice. in every Fantastic. gear. And driving that on the street when I was just off my P-plates, because he threw me the keys for a night cruise, was just like Gosh, uh, this yeah. moment of like, oh my God, this is how good cars can be. Yeah, mm. absolutely, absolutely. Um... Alex, yes, you're the perfect per- person to talk about GDRs because uh, you've got one. Yes, I do you, own one. You have an R32 GTR. Tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about uh, why you bought it, how you bought it, what you love about it. Um, so I bought it. It was sort of a long-held dream since going back to school. I just always you wanted kind to kind of had one. dreams for that long, Alex. You're 24 <laughs> or 25? <laughs> Five. Come on. <laughs> I'm club player. There, there are the things world. in my cupboard, old <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, I remember, you know, sitting in the back of computer class, looking them up on car sales when they were 15 grand. Can I say car sales? Maybe not. Yeah, we'll you can say out. car sales, yeah. Another, <laughs> another. Everybody uses car sales. Yep. It's fine. Um, but, yeah, and sort of just as I grew older, they were just sort of growing in price, just slightly out of reach. Mm. And then I sort of was very savvy to what the market was doing um, in reaction to the US because they have a rolling yes. 25 rule. So sort of 2014 was when the floodgates opened for R32s and the prices just went bonkers. Um, So yeah, I just sort of felt really compelled to own one um, because I knew that in, you know, possibly in another few years, it just wouldn't be possible. Yes. So yeah, it was actually quite a hard decision between the R32 and the R33. Oh, really? And for anyone looking to get into a GTR, the R33 is probably the thinking man's GTR. Mm Mm-hmm. Price-wise, general condition-wise, um, and again, it's just a vastly improved chassis. That's the case because they were a little bit rejected, so there yeah. are still clean ones around because yeah. they, you know, they haven't been modified to the hilt because everyone just goes for thirty-two or thirty-four. Exactly, so. yeah. Thirty-twos were just so dirt cheap for a while mm-hmm. that you know a lot of them were sort of thrashed within an inch of their lives. So was it hard to find a clean thirty-two? Yeah, it took me probably a year yeah. of. You know, checking every online listing every day. I could spot when a new car c- came up for sale. I knew how long they were on the market for. Um, yeah. Like the I shaman was, of the... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was yeah. hardcore at it for a long time. And your car's pretty stock, is it? Um, it's... I like to say it's in factory spirit. Um, okay. previous <laughs> owner, Interesting. It, the previous owner had rebuilt the engine. It's got forged internals. Oh, um, good. But it's on very mild boost. Mm-hmm. It's only making say, 250 kilowatts. Um, that's a good so recipe for longevity. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And that's my number one thing, because I do want to track it. Um, I just want it to keep going, want to keep it running. Keep Are it they hard road. to keep running? Are they hard to fix? Hard Because, you know, they have 
at the time there was nothing like them in terms, mm. almost in terms of technology. But no, I mean, absolutely. but even now they've still got you know all wheel steer, active all wheel drive. Yeah, they're still a very complex so car they... for the era. Um, I guess most of it is preventative maintenance, mm-hmm. so servicing every five thousand k's, oil plugs, um, and yeah, just being aware of what the car's doing, what sort of health it's in, and yeah, doing that preventative maintenance to prevent to prolong the longevity of the motor. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, yep. Okay. Just a final note. I think one of the best things about Alex and his GTR is that he does track it. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Yeah. It's, a, it's a childhood dream car, and yep. some people that own R32s just baby them and put them away. But mm. props. Well, that's the problem. I mean, that's another conversation for another time. But the, the, the problem with you know appreciating classics is there's the fear then of using them. But yeah, know. and I come across that a lot in my line of work. Yeah, working for unique cars. Um, there's a big debate, but at the end of the day. Just get out and drive. Yeah, it's your car. Enjoy you can, it. You can take, and they actually run better when they're driven once a week. Yes. Everyone yes. thinks they want a car that hasn't been driven, but they develop their own problems yeah, when they've no, been sitting. My skyline's full of problems at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I drove it regularly for twelve years, yep. no problems, and as soon as it sat, mm-hmm. it doesn't run right now, so it needs, yep. a, needs a birthday. But that's another story. Let's move on to from one end of the motoring spectrum, you know, cheap, cheapish used cars, to the other. Bugatti Chiron speed record. Yes. In case you missed the news earlier this week, Bugatti went out and set a new speed record. It's not a Guinness Book of World. It's not a Guinness Book of World Records record, uh, because you need to go two ways. Mm-hmm. It only went one way. They did it at the Era Lessine test track, which is one of the only places in the world you can actually drive super high speed, and it clocked uh, a shade over 490 kilometres an hour, 304 point something. Absolute um, miles per hour. So the first road car, I guess, to go over 300 miles per hour. Um, do we care? Uh, see, I have some caveats on this one. Okay. I would care if it was a car that you could buy. And buy is a loose term because obviously Chirons are incredibly rare mm-hmm. to begin with. Mm. But they did modify this and you can't go into a Bugatti showroom, air quotes. But it is the prototype for the Super Sport. I was going to say, yes. But... But you can't currently buy it. Yeah. yeah. No. So Which is a I will, I'll have more respect when that car can be bought. Yeah. Um, at the moment, it's much like, to me, in the same realms of a land speed record wheel-driven car. It's a car that has been modified to go very fast. Yeah. It's crazy impressive from an engineering point of view. Mm-hmm. Because pushing air at that speed is like water. It's like syrup. Yeah, the drag squares with speed. So. And I mean, and, and they said that. They could, they could have gone faster if they went to the same road that... Koenigsegg did their 280 mile per hour oh, right, yeah. Agera RS. In it's Nevada. quite something, isn't it? Because you run out of road with it. I think it's. I think Aerosleson is eight kilometres straight each side. It's a big oval, um, not an oval. It's a. Yeah, it's like a. It's like an. Like a NASCAR track kind of. Um, so yeah, to run out. But then again, you're going. If you're doing 490, you're going. That eight kilometres doesn't last very <laughs> yeah, long. No, so, not yeah, at all. It's a crazy speed. Can so. we just say big props to Andy Wallace, who was former oh, Le Mans racer, yeah. he's Bugatti's test driver, who actually did the deed of driving. Uh, he set the McLaren F1 record at 386 or 391 oh, wow. um, yeah. back in the day at that same venue. So he's pretty familiar with going mm-hmm. batshit crazy speeds at that <laughs> venue. Um, so, yeah, massive props to him. Um, I mean, I was the same as you, Cam. I was like, what the hell's the point? You know, if you're modifying any, any car to give it less drag, more power, blah, 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 blah. But the fact that they are... Supposedly going to build it. It is the Chiron Super Sport. They mm. won't. I doubt customer cars will be able to go 
300 miles an hour, they'll probably limit them because of tyres and all sorts of stuff. Yep. And it's the same one as the, the Chiron. They said the Chiron could do 260, and then they did it, and they didn't let anyone else yeah, do it, limited it. Yeah. until this week, yeah. when a Top Gear journalist oh, did yes. it. Yeah, so it's right. the same It's the same thing for me. It's like, well, if give them the special key, let them go and do it. Because you could do that with the Veyron, I think. You, you you could Part of the deal was you could go and insert your speed key and do yeah, 400. Yeah, yeah, it had that yeah. little thing down by the seat. Um, and... I mean, the Chiron does 420. Which it's, it's still a lot. <laughs> you can go and drive that on the Autobahn. You, you know, you probably wouldn't get to 420, but it would get to 375 or 380 pretty yeah. quickly. It's like, it's you'd madness, the, isn't it? Yeah. It's crazy. And I must say, the Chiron, uh, Alex, what do you think of the looks of it? Because it looks quite different to a normal I Chiron. I love it. Yeah, yeah. So, 90s road-based Le Mans mulligations are my yes. favourite era of race cars. Mm-hmm. So, production-based, you know, race cars. It's got that long tail. Mm. It's, proper yeah. long tail. Yeah, not like a proper long, long tail. Yeah, exactly. It's like an actual... Yeah. <laughs> so, I saw that sort of rear quarter angle and I was just like, what? Yeah, it's really awesome. I know. It's, I mean, it's, it is amazing, but then it's kind of hard... Hard to care because I suppose they'll make, I don't know, they'll make 50 and they'll be yeah. 5 million euro it's, each. It's the old Winkleman recipe of, yeah, they'll let's see, take a... Let's see it on Instagram. I mean, I yeah. like this a hell of a lot more than, than that Cento Dietz. Oh, thing. yeah. I yeah, mean, yeah. it's so much more relevant. Eh, than it. Mm. The the improvements are worthwhile. Yeah. And, um, you know, they actually result in something. So, mm. yeah, well done, Bugatti, I suppose. And see what Koenigsegg do now with the Yesco or... Or the Regera or whatever comes. Well, it's it. interesting that Bugatti sort of hung up their top speed yeah. hat they, after they, this. They threw the peace sign and were like, later, yeah. over to you guys. It will be really job. interesting because they, since Bugatti's been reborn in 2005, or I suppose before that with the Veyron prototype, its you know reason for existing was ultimate top speed and ultimate power. Mm. Uh, if you take that away, if they don't... What are they? Yeah. Then what are they going to do? Um, in a way, I'm excited about that because they've done that thing and they've done it to death. And if you chase those speeds... It limits the car a little bit. I mean, maybe, mm. uh, you know, hopefully. They'll do an SUV, probably. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, it'd be interesting. If they do an SUV, how luxurious can you make a car? Like, yeah. If or... they're going to make a 5 million euro SUV, what yeah. can you put, like, a jacuzzi in it or something? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It'd be like, say, it's like 6x6 six six Launderloo yeah, with a hot right. tub in the back. Right. You so get then... to hand-pick the cow, your leather cup. Oh, yeah. really? <laughs> you get to hand-raise the cow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You have to pay for that privilege. That's right. Um... Or maybe they'll go a Type 30. Please make a Type 35. That'd be amazing. Yeah, like a yeah. lightweight, super loud sort of sports car. Anyway, yeah. we'll see. No, uh, it's exciting times for Bugatti, though. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, there's no shortage of insanely wealthy people that yeah, are lining no, up to buy the, the cars. Thing. So, um, yeah, we'll see. An interesting postscript to this is Hennessy, who yeah. just, just this morning have come out and thrown a bit of shade at Bugatti because... When Hennessy had the Venom and did their mm-hmm. mega speed run in 2014 at the Kennedy Space Center, they only did it in one way. Yeah. And Bugatti sent out a press release, or an executive said, make sure to do it in both directions next time. Uh, and yes. so he's come out and said, well... Bugatti sent out a press release about how amazing it was that they did that at uh, Aerolessine, which is uh, sea level, essentially. And saying that other manufacturers use, you know, high roads in Nevada. Yeah, high altitude, specifically, yes, specifically call Koenigsegg out. But I thought that was a bit dirty. It's like, yeah, I mean, okay. But if, if you're at high altitude, you've got less power too. So, exactly. you know, it just seemed like a press release that didn't need to be sent. And if, and if you wanted to go and do it at that road, go and do it at that road, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. If you, exactly. You, you've picked a sea level place, stand by it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Uh, let's move on again. Another Volkswagen Group 
product, but certainly doesn't have eight liters or sixteen cylinders or four turbos or sixteen hundred horsepower. It is the Porsche yeah. Taycan exactly. It has no cylinders at all. This week, uh, the, the long, long, long-awaited uh, mm-hmm. production reveal. We've had prototype drives and prototype spotting and interior reveals and all sorts of concepts. But the Taycan is finally here. And for me, the biggest surprise was how much it looks like the co- production, uh, the concept car. Yeah. Credit to them. I know. Yeah, like, no, absolutely. Porsche needs to get the biggest round of applause ever for yeah. having a concept car, everyone going, build that, and then building it. Yeah, <laughs> But the no, Mission absolutely. E came out and it looked amazing, like low slung and it got the suicide doors and on mm-hmm. it and everything. And then the prototype started going around and they kind of looked like squashed Panameras a little yeah. bit. And I was like, oh my God, this is going to be such a disappointment. It makes no noise, going to look like a blob. But it looks, fa- well, it if looks... you buy the Turbo S at least anyway, <laughs> yeah. it looks fantastic. No, I reckon so. And, yeah. and the changes that have happened from Mission E to production are the things that you can kind of accept. You're yeah, like, yeah, the, yeah. The doors have gone to a conventional setup. That's right. The, the, the bottom treatment on the bump is a bit different. Yeah. You know, it's not that super low slung, but it's not like Subaru who give you a concept and then it's like they have just been on a different planet with the production car. Mm. This yeah, thing exactly. is, you look at them side by side and you go, yep. Same car. <laughs> so, to roughly go over it, so there's two grades at the moment. There will be more later. There's going to be a rear drive, normal one, apparently, and then I think there's going to be like a like an S model, which will have a bit of, you know, some horsepower. Well, it'll still be a very fast car, but at the moment, they've only released the Turbo and the Turbo S. We'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> the fact that an electric car is called Turbo. Um, the Turbo is, I forgot to write the figures down, but we'll get to, it's, it's about 600 horsepower, 0 to 103.2. Thousand newton meters. Yeah, yeah thousand, thousand newton meters. Um, 10.6 to 200. So the Turbo is very fast, but the mm. Turbo S is the real gunslinger. It can do over, oh, it says overboost, but again, it's not overboost, it's like overcharge. Overcharge, or yeah. yeah overdrive. Um, <laughs> 2.8 to 100, 9.8 to 200. That is crazy. It yeah. is crazy it's fast. Bonkers. The quarter mile time on that is going to be... Yeah, it's, it'll, it'll be a nine second car probably, or very low tens. Going to need like, shoots. You're going to need shoots. <laughs> yeah, that's right, that's right. Because uh, it, it can overcharge to 560 kilowatts, I think, and 1,050 newton meters. Like it's... But again, like electric cars have never been short of grunt because that's what they do. No, and yeah. it's very, very heavy. It's about two point two kilo, yep. two point two tons. Fun fact: it's the same weight as two nine eleven RSR GTEs. Well, there you go. <laughs> probably, oh no, it'd be more, it'd be less powerful than two of them, but it wouldn't be probably too far off. <laughs> um, so the thing with the Taycan, apparently, I've read a couple of rides reviews Andy Enright hasn't had a ride in it uh, apparently the big thing is it steers beautifully and it handles mm-hmm. incredibly and sounds okay and rides rides really nicely so in that case they've again I always thought it was weird that electric cars didn't start at the luxury segment because they're really really quiet and you can make them really really comfortable yeah, it helps no, the ride quality sense. so uh, yeah what do you think are we, are we excited about the Taycan I am I am yeah me much. too like I haven't really been a big fan of this sort of I was sort of like oh, what the, what's the point of a Porsche it doesn't make any noise but it looks amazing it's apparently it's great to drive um, I don't really care how fast it is because for me the whole electric performance car thing is you're going to use it once for a giggle once to impress your friends <laughs> and then you're not going to do it ever again because mm. it'll take 50k's off your range every time you I mean fair play to the Porsche it can do as many runs as you want, but each one you do is going to take a massive hang- oh, hunk yeah, out of your absolutely, range. Absolutely, yep. And the Taycan's got about 400, 450 Ks, I think. So, it's, you know, suddenly can't suddenly do 1,000 Ks. Mm-hmm. Um, let's get to, you know, a lot of people have their knickers in a twist about the fact <laughs> that it's called a turbo. Does it matter? 
I think you're going to be outnumbered here, Scotty, because me and Alex are in... I Yeah, I, I'm not... I don't think it's all that egregious. No, no yeah. I think there's no. better... Oh, I think wow, I, was, no. I thought you were going to get up on a high horse on this one. No, I think I there really are care. far yeah. bigger things to... Yeah, yeah like, right the, na- the name Turbo has meant fast for a long time, yeah. and these people that are getting up in arms about it didn't get angry when the 911 went exactly. turbo through the range. They didn't yeah, demand that the turbo was called the turbo turbo. That's right. Yeah. Or the turbo squared. Like yeah. All Macan's <laughs> are turbo, but there's only one Macan turbo. All yep. 911s are turbo now, except the GT3, and there's only one 911 turbo. It's mm-hmm. effectively a marketing tool and has been yep. for the last five years or so. Yeah, so. and they've spent decades building that goodwill on their yeah. variant names. And, and, and Porsche customers understand what a turbo and a turbo exactly. S badge yep. means. It means this is ridiculously yep. quick. Yep. <laughs> That's right. All the people, they're trading in their Panamera Turbo S for a Taycan Turbo S, and it differentiates the fact that if you've got a turbo or a Turbo S, yeah, it's, I don't know. Yeah, maybe they should have used it as a break to think of something else, but I don't know. It's, it's pedants and literalists yeah. that are up in mm. arms about it, and those two are the most boring people at a party. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's the people that go, decimate. They don't even go to parties. Yeah, it's, yeah. The people that, <laughs> it's the people that are like, decimate means to kill one in ten. It's like, it hasn't yeah. meant that for ages. Yeah. Turbo has always been move on. fast, powerful, good on them. Yep. So what about a, an electric performance car? I mean, assuming you've read you know, the rides and stuff like that, mm-hmm. I still can't quite get my head around the fact it's such an in, like I've driven a couple of you know Model S and Model X and stuff like that. It's hard to get your head around a performance car that doesn't make any noise. It is a little bit. I think the thing with Porsche doing a performance car electric is that they will nail the dynamic side yeah. of things. Mm. They will know how the steering is meant to feel and how that using the torque vectoring ability of an electric to maximum effect. Mm-hmm. Um, Andy opens his feature, it's in the latest issue of Wheels, give it a read, yep. uh, with a very astute observation on it, this massive slide when he's in a pass- mm. passenger seat of it. And I think that because it's a Porsche, it will finally be a 911 for a driving enthusiast. Yeah. I'm going to hold out till driving one till, yeah. to give a proper mm-hmm. assessment. But I think, unlike anything else that's come, this is the EV that might actually properly tick that box. The other thing yeah. is... Yeah, you go, Alex. Yeah, no, I was going to say I agree. Um, and I think, you know sort of looking forward through the long lens of time, I think this will be a tremendously important car for mm. the industry as a whole. Mm-hmm. So um, all the Tesla fans are up in arms now. They're saying, why, well, you know, Porsche is just doing what Tesla did five years ago, seven years ago. Porsche still not as fast it well. as a, It's Porsche. It's not, still not as fast as the Model S P100D. So will the Taycan kill Tesla? I have a I couple there's of... different customer bases. Yeah, I think so as well. Oh, see, I don't think there are different customer oh, bases. Really? Okay. But I think it's not going to... It's not going to kill Tesla in the sense of the Model S is no longer the hero for Tesla. It's no. the Model 3. And yeah. it, it certainly doesn't compete with the Model 3. What it will do is take those rich customers that want mm. high-end Model Ss because it is the newest. it was the newest thing when it came out yep. and it was about owning a badge, owning yes. a Tesla. Yep. And I think those customers might move to a Taycan, a mm-hmm. Porsche, um, because they want the newest thing, yep. which is the Porsche, and they want the prestige badge. So it's certainly not going to kill Tesla, I think, but it's going to hurt more than anything. And you mentioned this on Twitter, uh, Scott, is the Panamera. Yeah, it's mm. kind of hard to see why you buy a Panamera now. Like, given so few, like, a Panamera is an amazing car to drive, an amazing car to drive hard, but so few of these things ever do that. They're on the mm. Autobahn, they're yep. wafting through city centres or something like that. So. Given that sort of driving, I just don't really know why you'd buy the Panamera, especially as the Taycan's probably going to be cheaper. So, yeah. yeah. Um, I think the Porsche will be interesting because I think Porsche will have a much better 
do a much better job of getting established people out of ICEs yeah. in terms yeah. of combustion cars. 100%. A lot of people bought Teslas. Like, I follow a lot of these rich guys on Instagram and Twitter and stuff like that. I keep up with them. And they bought Teslas and then either keep them just as pure transport or got out of them again because they just got bored by it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because the build quality wasn't quite there, the servicing wasn't quite there, blah, 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 blah. Whereas a Taycan is going to be built like a like every other car yep. in their garage, but it's it's a Porsche. You know, mm. it fits with their other. Um, but I mean, I'm, I agree. Like the te- I saw this morning that the Model Three was the third biggest selling car in it, in the UK last month. Yeah, well, I think so, those stats on, on a slight change for the for the Tesla Model Three being like, oh, it's selling so well, is because. Yeah, they've had customers waiting for three years for Yeah, it. there is also that. that if yeah, if yeah. you put a back catalogue of three years on the Toyota yeah. Camry, it'll sell a lot of cars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's also the problem is that it doesn't really matter how many they sell because they don't make any money on the ones no. they sell. Um, <laughs> it's a whole other topic. And it was probably built in the parking lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, I'm actually driving the Model 3 Performance uh, next week, and I'm very excited to do so because mm. apparently it's very, very good. Uh, it's very fast and very good to drive, so... You're going in with an open mind. Um, I mean, that's the thing. I drove the Model S and I loved it. I think it's a fantastic car, but I just don't see why you'd ever want to drive one fast. Like, it's quiet, it's comfortable, got lots of room in it, uh, that minimalist, minimalist interior. Like, it makes a lot of sense for an everyday driving car. I just don't really see the point of making driving one fast or having one to drive fast. I'd just buy the 70 the 70 or 70D or whatever it is mm. and save the money. Uh, and I suspect the one thing with the Taycan is it'll prob- probably be the same. Like, the, the base Taycan will probably... Have all the ride quality. It'll be have it'll be beautifully quiet mm-hmm. and all that. It won't go zero to one hundred and three seconds, but you never use that. It'll go zero to one hundred and five seconds, which is fine. Mm-hmm. And you know, you'll and a number of those Porsche owners will have something else in the garage. Oh, oh absolutely, one hundred percent. This is not the only thing that they've got. Yeah, in the yeah exactly. It'll be sitting next to a GT four or a GT three RS yep. or a GT two RS, and that's that's the thing. Like a, an electric Taycan, fine, great, love it. Beautiful. And Electric's Boxster or Cayman, which I saw this morning, they're like, oh, it's the perfect car to spearhead out electric. Don't make electric sports cars! <laughs> <laughs> you want a car, you want for a sports car, it, one, the impact on global CO2 is just so negligible, it doesn't even matter. Mm. And it's so important to have a, you know, a manual gearbox or a... Or a Distinctive gear, oral yeah, soundtrack. Yeah, to change or engine note to engage with. What, you, what is your thoughts then on, say they went, we're going to go hybrid? Fine. Yeah. Like, no, oh, okay. That's, cool. that's yeah, yeah. No. That's See, that's, hybrid, my, that's my performance point of view as well. Hybrid. Hybrid is fantastic, especially mm. as you know, if it can do uh, 30, 40 k's EV, great. You can use it every day. Use no petrol. Slash your running costs. Yep. Uh, but then when you want it, I mean, that's the ultimate car for me. Like a nine eighteen Spider. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. can drive it on EV only if you want to or need to, which you may do with the city center rules and stuff like that. But you've got this awesome V eight waiting there for when you need to use it. The, so The thing for me is I think hybrid sports cars are going to get really cool in the sense of you can use the battery as torque fill. Yeah, slap exactly. A, mm-hmm. Slap a giant turbo. Or yeah, so the other car or, we haven't... Well, let's talk about quickly now, the Lamborghini Sian. Mm-hmm. No batteries, though. No batteries, yeah. but it's got the torque fill from a supercapacitor. Uh, we'll run over quickly. It's uh, scheduled for the Frankfurt Motor Show. It's Lamborghini's first sort of production hybrid. They did the Asterion concept car. 63 are being made. So, But instead of batteries, it is a hybrid, but instead of batteries, it's got a little electric motor in the gearbox, uh, like a lot of cars do, but no batteries. just uses a, uses a supercapacitor, which was used in the Toyota Le Mans car initially. Hmm. 
So it can discharge. It can't hold much charge, but it can discharge and receive that charge, recharge very, very quickly. So every time you hit the brakes, it basically fully charges and gives you the power instantly. So they've made a hybrid that, um, yeah, can basically purely for performance. And yeah. very cool. The big, yeah. the most exciting thing about that was the the fact it can torque feel the gears and get rid of the shunt in the gearbox, which is just horrendous in Aventador. Mm-hmm. So, I wouldn't know, Scotty. Well, <laughs> I'm telling you. Well, I'm telling you. Um, yeah, so that makes me really excited. An Aventador that just screams off like it's got a dual clutch in it will be yeah, awesome. Yeah, that sounds yeah. Um So you bring on the hybrid sports cars. 100%. Yeah, bring no, on. Bring um, on electrification. Yeah. So let's wrap it up there for this week. Uh, plenty more to talk about next week. Uh, the Frankfurt Motor Show is... Tuesday, Wednesday, uh, Monday, tu- Tuesday. Tuesday, Wednesday in Frankfurt. So it'll be Wednesday, Thursday, uh, yes, Australian in terms time. of our coverage. Yep. Mm-hmm. So we'll have plenty to talk about from that show, no doubt. Tune in then. Follow us on all the social media accounts at WhichCarAU. Log on to www.whichcar.com.au for all the latest news and reviews. And we'll see you next week. Rock and roll. Thank you.